0: Love the outdoors. Love nature. I'm a vegan, of course. Fully working towards full vegan vegan.
1: Hey guys, I'm back with another episode of Vegan Road Rants. This episode is dedicated to Thanksgiving and all the turkeys. I love the turkeys, and if you love the turkeys as much as I love the turkeys, go to Farm Sanctuary, their website, farmsanctuary.com.org, I'm not sure what it is, I'll put it in the show notes, and adopt a turkey for Thanksgiving. One of the things I always do every year is not only adopt a turkey for us, but we always adopt a turkey for family members who aren't vegan yet. So we send a turkey to my grandma, to my in-laws, to all kinds of people in hopes that with the picture of the beautiful turkey that we have adopted for them on their refrigerator, wherever the postcard ends up and the adoption papers show up when they get there, that they will think twice about getting a turkey for their thanksgiving dinner it's a very sad time of year for the turkeys and the pigs and the lambs and all of the other animals that make their way onto the center of a thanksgiving feast in a meat-eating household so think about the turkeys this year as you are approaching your thanksgiving feast i've got some thanksgiving talk today as well as an interview with Amber St. Peter from Fetal Vegan and the second installment of my indie music showcase where I showcase a song from an indie band. This week we have a song by a band called A Bleeding Sky and I think you guys are going to like it. So if you have a indie band or you know an indie band that you think should be showcased on Vegan Road Rants, please send me an email at joni at justthefood.com and send me a link to their Facebook page or their GarageBand page or their SoundCloud page or their iTunes page or wherever it is um, so that I can get a copy of a song to showcase. Thank you guys for tuning in and welcome to episode 8 of vegan road route. Went and packed up my in-laws, and they're heading back to Cali. So we went out to pick them up the day after the SoCal Veg Fest, which happened on Sunday, and it was a uh, fucking amazing. You guys, over 10,000 people we think showed up throughout the day. It was a beautiful, sunny day in orange county and a bazillion people showed up so many vendors so many patrons we had cooking demos we had live stage entertainment we had speakers hall we did a screening of plant pure nation at the end of the festival there was raffles there was tons of food i finally 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 got to get my hands on some um southern fried vegan delicious fried chicken over corn and macaroni and cheese drizzled with some kind of salmon colored sauce. I'm not sure what it was, but it was delicious. My, uh, Husband came to the veg fest because I was stuck at the demo tent all day. Uh, no, I shouldn't say stuck. I volunteered to run the demo booth. So I was at the demo tent all day getting um, stuff set up. So I didn't have a chance to run around by myself and gather things up. So Dan smuggled me in some uh, deep fried deliciousness from the Southern Fried Vegan tent and he I told him to surprise me and he got the bowl that had the macaroni and cheese topped with the corn, sweet yellow corn, and then topped with a piece of fried chicken and then topped with some kind of salmon colored gravy sauce. It was so good you guys and I have a right mind to just follow them on Twitter or Instagram and go wherever they're going because that food was so fucking good it was so delicious and everything I had hoped for every time I thought about them because I've seen them at lots of different events but never had a chance to try it for one reason or the other so I was super excited to try it it was really good Everything was really awesome at VegFest. I got to hang out with some really cool people. Uh, Josh from Herbivore Clothing Company came down and I got to spend some time with him, so that was super fun. JL Fields was here from Colorado. She did a demo and I got to hang out with her and that was super fun. Um, There was a cupcake competition. There was, I believe, about 30 entries. They were all super beautiful. Uh, Jackie Sobon was one of the judges as well um, as it was organized by Susan from Susan and Ryan from Big Tent Vegan so that was super cool. I got to spend some time with some amazing people like uh, lawyer Joan Jackson. She is a chef, actually she's a lawyer first and has switched herself she says she's gone from law to raw and she now um, is a raw foods uh, person who does cooking demos and cookbooks and eating plans and helps people um, regain their health through food and she did an amazing demonstration and it was the funniest thing it was called Viagra, and she taught you how to eat to increase your sexual vitality, and I thought that was a really cute play on words, Viagra. Let me tell you something. As clever as us vegans are with the naming of our foods, like, you know, cheese with a Z, and, you know, adding silly names, Unchicken, and th- or Chick Un, or Mac Uncheese, and adding all these silly, silly, uh, sounding names to our foods just because they're vegan versions of traditional foods raw folks they take it next level with the naming they take it next level so like viagra is just a perf- perfect example it was really really a great presentation um jail fields did a pressure cooking demonstration and that was super awesome um, one of my favorite presenters of the day was in the demo tent because once again i was kind of trapped over there and i didn't get a chance to go see the other uh, speakers but um tanya petrovna you guys may recognize that name chef tanya petrovna she was the founder and executive chef and ceo of native foods vegan restaurant you guys may have heard of that it has now gone nationwide Um, She actually sold the company, and she hasn't been part of the company since 2012, and she's kind of doing her own thing called Chef Tanya's Kitchen, but she came and did a presentation, and her presentation was supposed to start at uh, 10.45, and check this out, I get a text message on my phone at like 10.15, hey, I'm not there yet, I'm running late, there was a dog on the freeway, I had to pull over on the side of the freeway and get the dog off the freeway and rescue the dog. Well, duh, of course you did, Tanya. You're vegan and you love animals. And every single person at the veg Fest was so happy to hear that you were late because you were saving a dog on the freeway. So thank you for being such a good and wonderful person, Tanya. Thank you for checking it all the way down to do your demo. That was super awesome of you. And um, I'm really looking forward to whatever it is you do next because I've always been a big fan of yours. And you've always been an inspiration to me. Um I've said it many times, uh, one of the very first vegan restaurants I ever went to was native foods. And I got personally served by chef Tanya. One of the first times I ever made seitan, I used, uh, chef Tanya's like old school method of rinsing out the starch and, and kneading it and rinsing out the starch and kneading it. And then wrapping it up in cheesecloth and boiling it for hours. And, um, to this day, that's still my favorite method of making seitan. Um, So, thank you again, Chef Tanya. You're pretty awesome. Um, Also, at the Veg Fest was this amazing children's area where uh, Dr. Andy Mars, um, he runs a foundation called Kids Make a Difference, and he also runs vegan camps for kids, Um, like summer camp, but vegan for kids. Um, That was pretty awesome to see so many kids there. There were so many kids there. And when you ask them, are you vegan, or they wanted to tell you that they were vegan, they were a couple of them that were just like, yeah, I've been vegan my whole life, or one little girl, she said this, and it was the most adorable thing, she was, I was born vegan right on. That is so amazing to hear. I had such a good time seeing all the people there and looking at all the pictures that people posted afterwards. I will have to say, Miss Laura and Mr. Roberts, the two of you guys poured your heart and soul into this festival and you knocked it out of the ballpark for your first time out. Were there a few hiccups? Of course there were a few hiccups, but I think that there's a few hiccups at every single event I've ever been to. So for this being your first time out of the gate, you guys hit the ground running and you did an amazing job. You did a fantastic job celebrating veganism on World Vegan Day, no less. Good planning on your part. Uh, You did an amazing job. You rocked house you did uh, so much good for the community you brought the first ever veg fest into that community with flying colors so rock on with your bad selves. You guys look for more SoCal VegFest events throughout the year. There's gonna be some small uh, pop-ups throughout the year um, and a few fundraisers throughout the year uh, to get next year's venue even bigger so that we can have even more people. Just so you know what the intent of VegFest is, is it's a um, it's a project of the Animal Protection and Rescue League, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Um, and the whole entire goal of Edge Fest is to get more people to go vegan. It's a free event with free parking. The only thing you have to pay for is stuff from all the vendors. All the entertainment's free. All of the uh, speaker demos are free. All of the demo chef demonstrations are free. The only thing you have to pay for is stuff you want to buy. There was so many free food samples that you probably could have got away with buying nothing and still left with a full tummy. So... It was a pretty awesome event. There was a lot of awesome vendors. Um, I can't say enough about how much of a pleasure it was to be a part of that uh, awesome event. And I'm looking forward to next year's event as well and all the other little ones in between. So look out for SoCal Veg Fest. Follow them on Instagram. Follow them on Facebook. Um, and keep an eye out for their next events in the future. Because it really, 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 truly was an amazing event. And I can't wait for the next one. news. Walmart is now selling more just mayo than any other retailer in the entire United States, including Whole Foods Market. Cool. Yay. Walmart selling lots of just mayo. Um, eh, That's a little, of course, they are selling more than Whole Foods. There's 4,000. Walmart in the United States and only 400-odd somethings Whole Foods markets in the United States. So if every store just sold one bottle a day, of course Walmart would sell more. Okay, fair enough. But the important thing to note here is that Walmart is selling just mayo. And it is priced comparably or cheaper than egg-based mayo. And the packaging's cuter. So for people who shop based on price, Just Mayo's going to win. For people who shop based on packaging, Just Mayo's going to win. And this is good news for the chickens. So, good news for Just Mayo. Good news for Hampton Creek that their product is selling so well. And I'm happy to hear that people are choosing plant-based options instead of egg-based options when it comes to their mayonnaise. Vegan program next week is Thanksgiving and I know I'm, I'm just talking so much about adopting turkeys from Farm Sanctuary and how to survive your first vegan Thanksgiving or any vegan Thanksgiving especially with a family that's not vegan but quickly I wanted to give you an alternative to uh, all of that or a precursor to your Thanksgiving feast and that is the Tofurky Trot It's happening in three different locations across the country, Portland, Oregon, Pasadena, California, and also in Buffalo, New York. Um, Each separate race is a 5K, and it does cost uh, about 30 bucks to enter the race, but it's not like a race where you're gonna, you know, have official timing and stuff like that. It's a 5K race that is super, supposed to be super fun. Um, and it's also a fundraiser for local um, community groups that are raising awareness about plant based eating. So not only are you Making a statement by doing a Tofurky trot. Feel free to dress up like a Tofurky or whatever fun animal you want to dress up as because lots of people dress up in costumes. Bring your dog if your dog is the kind of dog that does well in big groups. Um, bring the kids, bring the whole family. It's super fun, it's at nine o'clock in the morning at those three locations across the country. Vegan, bro, Little Pine. Um, sure, if you're on the interwebs you've seen That Moby has been planning on opening a restaurant in Silver Lake, of course, California, um, the total hipster neighborhood of Los Angeles. Um, But it did open, it's open for business. Um, Moby says that this is his dream of combining his love for. Architecture and organic and vegan food all in one space. So expect that when you go to Little Pine, you will be um, in a beautiful space eating delicious food. Uh, the menu is Mediterranean-inspired California cuisine, and it's 100% organic. So, um, oh, and the name Little Pine comes because uh, he Moby says that it's because... California is divided in, or Los Angeles is divided into two different, uh, types, uh, the palm tree section and the pine tree section, and he prefers pine trees to palm trees, and he likes pictures of pine trees, and from the pictures I've seen so far, there are murals of pine tree landscapes, um, at the restaurant, and Little because he says he is Little, so therefore, he named the restaurant Little Pine, so that's fun, um, I know I'm gonna go there soon, I just haven't been there yet. Just opened today. So, congratulations Moby, I'm looking forward to checking out your organic and vegan restaurant in Silver Lake. Vegan Road So today in the car with me is Amber St. Peter from FettleVegan.com. Check out her awesome recipes, beautiful photography, and listen to us chat and wax poetic about pancakes. Vegan program. I just had lunch, brunch, ladies who lunch, ladies who brunch with Erin from Alls for Dinner and Amber from Federal Vegan. And
2: Amber's in the car. Hi. Yeah, it was delicious. It was delicious. We got so much food. Like, Sweet. each one of us got two things. <laughs> I have two to-go boxes with meals that I have not yet eaten in the <laughs> car with me. On top of the two meals that I ordered at the restaurant. I, know, I was like, do I want pizza and the gravy? Do I want corn cakes? No, I'll just get them both. Yeah, there's no reason to choose when you're at brunch. No. When you're serious about brunch. Well, because it's breakfast and lunch. You have to get two things, that's right? That's exactly right. <laughs> you're, you're eating for two meals of the day. <laughs> and when you're at a place that's as good as sage's, it's like fuck it. I'll, I'll pay for both meals
1: right now. I don't care. It's delicious. Yeah. No I, much- I can't believe I've never been there before. I'm such a bad vegan.
2: You're not a bad vegan. We're lazy vegans because we live in Long Beach. Yeah. And we think we're so far from both Orange County and LA. We don't have to leave. Our we're stuff. actually sandwiched in the perfect place because <laughs> yeah. we're between both of them. But True. Long Beach vegans are the worst because we never want to leave Long Beach. That's true. Thank goodness we have good stuff in our open city now. Yeah, if you are not familiar with Long Beach, you need to come check out all of the vegan eats we have. I feel like Long Beach is a re- uh, place where you can go to any restaurant and there's almost always one yeah. not shitty vegan option yeah. on the menu.
1: True. I
2: still feel like we're
1: lacking in breakfast options, but.
2: Absolutely. That's why we had to brunch elsewhere. Yes. You know, Clover City got our business this morning. Someone come open a pancake restaurant in Long Beach. That would be awesome. Yeah, that's all we really want. We had a long discussion about pancakes this morning. Not superfood pancakes. I don't want that. No, I don't want goji berries on my fucking pancakes, and I sure as fuck don't want dark chocolate chips. Or E3 Live. Those pancakes um, had
1: E3 Live, and I don't know if you've ever had E3 Live. But it's algae and it's slimy and it is the gross it comes from the bottom of a lake. Oh yeah. It's not even like ocean algae, it's lake algae. And it is like the slimiest, groatiest thing. I can't imagine ruining a pancake with it. Like what is that?
2: (laughs) That's exactly it. Uh I growing up have always felt like I was a pancake kind of girl. We didn't really do waffles in my house. And I feel like that's kind of how I judge a restaurant. Yeah. If you can make a really fucking good pancake, then I have faith in you as a restaurateur. Yeah. But if you can't master the basic pancake, my friend, you're, you're not going anywhere in life.
1: In the summertime, me and my sister, after we got out of swim practice in the morning in the summertime, we'd come home and just make pancakes. But we would only cook them halfway because we liked them to still be raw in the middle. <laughs> so we'd be like, a oh, yeah. Like tasty, <laughs> gooey, doughy. It's like covered in syrup. Delicious and disgusting. Oh, we would make ourselves sick on that. It was like every day we have to carbo load on these pancakes. <laughs> Your poor lemon was like, it's not good. <laughs> it's not. <cooked. laughs> so that's kind of how I judge a pancake. Alright if fair it's enough. almost cooked all the way through. <laughs> and if it's not too fluffy. I like my pancakes to have a little bit of wet dents in the middle.
2: Alright, yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I don't want anything too fluffy. Yeah. And I'm gonna be straight up about this. I don't like gluten free pancakes. Okay. I don't. I just, you know, I'm just, I, I like gluten and I like good <laughs> pancakes that have a little chew to them. Mm-hmm. And there's something about when you try to buy a new pancake and it just falls apart. Like, that's not a pancake to me. I'll be straight it's up with you. Pancake. I don't even like whole wheat pancakes. No, I want be like all white flour, <laughs> flour with a shit ton of oil in there so uh-huh. they get nice and crispy Butter. on the edges. Yeah, pancakes are not something you should fuck around with. If you're going to make a good pancake, like just do it and enjoy yeah. it for what it is, or call it something else completely. Yeah, like there's <laughs> a time for green algae in my green smoothie once yes. a month. Yes. But when I want pancakes, like don't sneak
1: superfood <laughs> into them. Well, it, in all fairness, they call it
2: a superfood pancake, okay, so yeah, they're not sneaking yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, they declared. <laughs> fair enough. Which gave me an ample warning that says, oh no, not going to yeah. eat that pancake. Even the the chia French toast, I was like. Eh gonna have chia seeds later
1: (laughs) I was really pleasantly surprised with those jalapeno corn cake things yeah those were
2: because those were basically pancakes made out of corn they were they were really good I would give those I didn't try all of it but I would give those a four stars out of five at least I like a good corn fritter yeah I'm down with that and I thought the uh fried potato tacos were um well worth the money good I would, I would absolutely order those again they
1: were not shy with the
2: guac no which is a good thing we're in southern california give me some fucking guac right. Right. we don't mess around here No. Nope. Nope. gotta have guac I am a little surprised that their seasonal dessert was still peaches yeah <laughs> I'm not here to judge but then again it's been like 90 degrees up until That's last week so maybe there's still yeah. peaches alright fair enough maybe it's the last peak of the season well then in that case I'm glad I got it yeah because it's the last time I will have peaches for months yeah Unless they're canned. Ugh. I would be a dick <laughs> <big> move. <laughs> Unless you can them yourself. Okay, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I guess I'm being a jerk. No, you're not.
1: I was my grandma so used to... Much- my, my step-grandma. No, my grandma law. My husband's grandma. My husband's grandma. Every year does like this whole canning. We gotta can, can, can. They can everything, can everything. But she doesn't grow anything, so she goes to the store and buys all the produce to can, which would be really good fresh probably any time of the year because they always have peaches at the grocery store no matter what. You know what I mean? So it's like, hmm, okay, weird, but all right. It's like a Nana thing. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I canned for the first time two summers ago. I made my own um, roasted
2: red peppers and jarred them. No. And they were really great. But the amount of work that I had to do to get there <laughs> did not seem worth not just paying Trader yeah. Joe's three bucks to give me a jar of them. True. True. So, you know, I'd like to be the homesteading type. I'd like to think I could really make it on a farm. Yeah. And I grew up on a farm. Yeah. And I still don't think it's for me.
1: Yeah. My mom's way into canning she taught me how to do it Um, and I've had fun making jams and jellies and stuff like that but like it's very controversial to put certain things in jars like stuff with fat in it and stuff like that because they say oh it's not safe or whatever they've been doing that shit for years like forever forever like you were talking about your family canning their (laughs) fancy stuff oh yeah Um, so I mean you could put anything in a jar and can it But, you know, everybody's so, like, cover your ass. You don't want to put... Because I put in my uh, food gifts book, like, recipes that probably would not pass the test of, hey, that's not
2: safe to can. Right. But it's totally okay. Like, People come are on, guys. super weird about Don't food. freak out. It's like people that have, like, a spot of mold on their bread and throw the whole loaf. I'm yeah. like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. I'm like, eat the rest of that loaf. Yeah, for I sure. I don't care. A little mold never hurt anybody. No, especially, like, on bread
1: where you just pick that part off. Right. It's not a big deal.
2: Yeah, I actually listened to a podcast recently that talked about how mold, and I hate to say this, but it, like, spirals out so when it is in your bread, if you see it, it means it's just, like, the beginning of it and uh. it's through your whole bread it still hasn't deterred me from throwing away uh-huh. the loaf I just don't care I mean isn't that kind of what like, like sourdough makes you is based stronger? on yeah exactly <laughs> and like all cheeses yeah, ever yeah. and you know kombucha all the things that like I normally yeah sauerkraut all the things that ferment yeah it. I guess fermenting and mold are two different things yeah that might be I better I <laughs> I tell myself they're the same to justify eating moldy bread <laughs>
1: But, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem cutting off the moldy part and keep on going. Yeah, I'm not I'm down. That. I'm down. But, yeah, people get real freaked out about, like, oh, if there's oil in it, you can't can it. Oh, Pucky, you can, can it. <laughs> can that pesto, baby. Can it. Oh, You're yeah. going to know when you open it if it went bad or not. And that's going to be true whether it's uh, oil-free like, or, or sugary or whatever. When stuff goes bad, you know it. Just trust your nose for the most part. There aren't that too many silent... I mean, or unseen Killers
2: Killers in the
1: canning world
2: I would like to learn how to make a really good dilly bean That's like an east coast thing that I miss Canned dilly beans What's a dilly bean? A dilly bean is like green beans with the ends trimmed In a it's like Sort of like a mustard pickle brine um, And they're just like The best thing I've ever had I don't know There's like usually some garlic cloves in there And some fresh dill And you know living in Maine Felt like, that was just a staple in So, our it's our like house. a pickle? It's like a pickle. It's Bowl like a pickle green bean, yeah. And they call them dilly beans, or at least that's what we always called them. And they are just next level. Get on food. the Google machine, girl. You're going to make some dilly beans for Christmas presents this year. That's a good idea. <laughs> and I do have your canning and jarring book at my house.
1: Well, it's, so not, that not, that a, it's not technically a canning and jarring book. That's true. Because it's, I am not an expert at that. You're
2: pretty much an expert at all the things
1: we've Because different. I don't want to, uh,
2: like, that's tell true. you guys that... Like I just said a second ago, that you just can stuff, whatever, you'll figure it out. Although, for anyone listening, an (laughs) excellent book to buy. I bought this book long before I knew Joni, and it actually gave me a Christmas worth of gifts for my entire extended family, which was really amazing and inexpensive and kind of makes you feel better than just like, like buying Martha. a shitty sweater yeah like look what I can do <laughs> even though I still found my dad's charred gift that I gave him this like month went, isn't that the worst I was you're like come on I, it was charred pancakes again who doesn't want to just whip up a batch <laughs> of delicious pancakes
1: yeah I, I mean I get like sometimes people will like never open those like infused oils or whatever and they just leave them on the counter for decoration but like cake mix come on make some cake yeah or absolutely. whatever cookies whatever
2: i feel like there are many nights where i'm like eh, it's 10 o'clock and i don't <laughs> need cake but i'm hungry and i want sweets and i just make it so if i had a jar thing you're damn right i would do that <laughs> before making it from scratch oh christmas, christmas holidays kind of it really, really is it's like tomorrow Ugh. I think I actually saw we have like six weekends left. Oh. Yeah, which is like way worse. Oh.
1: The one great thing in my like family is we as a family both on my husband's side and on my side and on my mom's side and my dad's side have we've all given up on presents. We don't have presents anymore. Oh I love that. But we do unless unless it's something homemade or unless it's food like those are the
2: only rules I, like we I really, just can't like, buy a bunch of crap for each other anymore it's just so stupid it's stupid and it's expensive and it's yeah. kind of unrealistic to expect yeah. everyone to do that every year and yeah if you if you really need a sweater like I will buy you one yeah but yeah I'd rather get just like some fun cute homemade thing yeah and then hang with the family yeah yeah that's all it's all about these days is like oh the little kids still
1: get presents I shouldn't oh yeah you know. yeah you can't kill Christmas for children <laughs> that would just be That's just mean. Yeah, so we're happy about that, that we've all agreed that that's not necessary to buy all that crap. But Dan and I, every year, the weekend before Christmas, go to the mall. (laughs) Just just to go. We don't buy anything, really. We just go get drunk and walk around. It's It's the most amazing (laughs) thing because we don't have to buy anything and we're not there to, like participate. Rather, we're they just there to observe. And it's become one of our new favorite traditions. Get drunk and go watch all the crazy people <laughs> shopping at the mall the weekend before Christmas. I
2: like that Outrageous. a lot. Yeah, people, it's like being in Disneyland. It's like people watching at its finest. And people around the holidays are much less nice to each other. than they should are. be. It's
1: ridiculous. It's ridiculous. There's a really cool thing going on in Long Beach that the weekend after Thanksgiving, it's a downtown in the East Village Arts District, it's for Small Business Saturday, I guess that's a nationwide thing, Small Business Saturday, the day after Black Friday, Um, but there's a whole section of the East Village Arts District like where Ahimsa and Fingerprints and stuff, they're going to close down the streets and it's all local Long Beach vendors uh, on the streets and um, like the hot food and, and crafts and all kinds of stuff, so that seems like a good way to spend my Christmas shopping money. Yeah, absolutely. If I do have to buy that kind of I just buy for myself. Yeah, I right. buy for I know, I'm
2: not buying it for anyone else. Like, oh, this beautiful <laughs> hand-knit scarf? Yeah, I'm not giving that away. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, so, yeah, that's cool. First Fridays uh, in Bixby Knoll, all the streets kind of shut down. Yeah, it's out. so cute. They have a big holiday one in the first week. Oh, that's yeah, good to know. Last year, I stumbled upon it, was walking the dog, and I ended up like getting a ton of Christmas shopping done, That's which was awesome. really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I like our little city and how hard they try. I know. Long or like a big really little upcoming. city. Yeah, absolutely. They make a really good effort to make it feel hometowny mm-hmm. and small and connected, but it definitely takes like 35 minutes to cross from one end to the other. For
1: sure. For sure. We are pretty large. Like, I mean... You and I live fairly close to each other, but if I have to go to Whole Foods, I literally live the opposite end of Long Beach, and that's the other, op- like, diagonally. Yeah, it's okay. hard to commit. I, like, plan ahead for those trips. Yeah. Thank goodness most places, like even Bonds and those kinds of places, are really getting great about carrying. I almost did a, a Periscope video when I was at Vons the other day, because not only were they playing They Might Be Giants, like, on the overhead. But I was like, oh, and look, they have this whole section of gardening, and they
2: have this whole section of, like, like so much stuff. I was really impressed. That's really cool. I actually saw uh, an interview the other day with uh, sort of the head of Kroger, who owns the Uh-oh. house. Uh-huh. And they were like, our big thing right now is, like, if the millennials want organic, we're going to bring in organic. If the millennials want, you know,
1: Go to Whole Foods, their soy milk is made by silk. Like, I know that they contract out all their, their house brands to major manufacturers. So you can save a lot of money by shopping house brands.
2: Absolutely. And how cool that the house, they're making vegan house brands. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, I, I mean, I know we're very blessed to live in a mecca of
1: have to go like the closest the actual closest one is food for less which is gross it's which is it is rouse it is kroger's yeah food for less is kroger's but they don't have the same selection that a regular rouse has and it's just dirty gross nasty Um, but they're talking about adding a whole bunch of new stuff, starting some new farmers markets down there. Um, there's a bunch of vacant lots. They're building some new um, libraries and stuff like that that we talked about. But just to get fresh vegetables down there is like pulling teeth, you know. Just to get, you know, there's a couple of like um, La Bodega Mexicana number one and La Bodega Mexicana number two, which happen to be like two blocks from each other. I can get some pretty decent prices
2: on on produce there but it's not organic right you know yeah that's really hard i mean we are lucky where we live there's a trader joe's in the alley behind our house so you know within three minutes i can be at a grocery Mm -hmm. store and definitely growing up in maine i have learned to appreciate being far away from a grocery Mm -hmm. store because it took us like 30 minutes 35 minutes to get to a grocery store living there um and even that grocery store wasn't by any means like a upscale or specialty store you know the nearest whole Foods was over an hour away so of take advantage sometimes of how easy it is to just like go to Sprouts and grab kombucha when I want some. Uh-huh. Like, that's not something people get to do everywhere. Right. And I didn't think kombucha's everywhere now. You can get at wands, you can sometimes at like 7-Eleven. At like and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been really impressed with how much has been like popping up everywhere. Speaking of 7-Eleven, I
1: was just at the 7-Eleven on... Uh, Orange in San Antonio, Uh and they had a whole entire display inside of I don't know, Elf, Elf, whatever, cosmetics from one to three dollars at 7-Eleven. That's "That's that is awesome. I like that a lot. So talk about affordable vegan options. You can get makeup at 7-Eleven.
2: That's yeah. (laughs) I also heard that Drew Barrymore's makeup line is like exclusively at Walmart, and it's all wow affordable which I love you know yeah. it's like if you're going to Walmart Oh yeah going to Walmart's never a an enjoyable thing but yeah if you're going to
1: With nice. like, all the, bougie. all the, um, like, frat bra boys. Ugh. Like, there is a lot of drinking. Shoot the root! <laughs> you know. When, last year for my birthday, we rented one of those ridiculous bike things.
2: Oh, the one where you, like, pedal and drink? Yes.
1: <laughs> and we, then you go to every bar, and you stop at every bar, and we went to all the bro bars. Because that's all there is down there. So right. we're like, let's go to the bro bars and do shoots, <laughs> shots. and Oh, it's outrageous. Totally outrageous. But very also fun. Oh, yeah. Sometimes totally. it's fun to be the party go girl. Here. Where am I at? London. I'm so confused.
2: You're uh, on. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So basically, got like, it. right here into the right is fresh and easy. Got it. This is usually a Thought That was actually on Long okay. still up in the sky. I don't think it's gonna rain though. You know I was sort of hoping it would rain so I could call it an afternoon and just Uh hang out in bed for the rest of the day. You can because it's cloudy and cold. Yeah. Stormy. The dog will like snuggle either way so that makes me feel less guilty. Like oh she just needs to be held. I just need to love on her for a while. She needs me to lay in bed for six hours.
1: My husband used to live in a back house in this neighborhood, too, before oh, really? we lived together. Yeah, there are just a lot right of on back the other houses. side of Atlantic.
2: I've definitely noticed that, like, when um, places place come up for sale, definitely that there's a lot of little hidden back houses. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, really, like, yeah, it's small, but for the deal,
1: it's... Dude,
2: stay there as long as you can. That's what, you know... It's a beautiful neighborhood to live in. And now I'm working on the cookbook full time and... Yes, talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. Uh, My cookbook uh, is in the works. It does not have a title yet. I'll keep you up to date on that. But it's going to be mostly uh, vegan comfort foods, things you probably grew up making with your mom and grandma, but uh, without the animal products and also a little healthier and plus not made with any weird ingredients because I think it's really inaccessible when your cookbook is just like all goji berries and (laughs) cacao nibs and things that a lot of people can't find. we already decided we don't want those in our pancakes. We don't want those in our pancakes. (laughs) And it's really hard for a lot of people to find those or to, you know, spend the money on a bag of goji berries when you need a tablespoon of them. So none of that will be in the cookbook. It's all going to be easy to find, affordable ingredients that make veganism doable and easy. So there's no excuses and it's worth trying and hopefully will be beautifully photographed and i promise well thought out yes and it will be beautifully
1: photographed because your be. photographs are oh, beautiful thank you
2: i'm i'm very much looking forward to it. it's it been very fun so far to be self-employed and to have a new project to work on and just like hang out in the kitchen and get creative and make food that You know kind of remind me of my childhood and of learning to cook Mm -hmm. um but making them so that i can still eat them and enjoy them now and yeah it's been really great i think my favorite thing that i have remade so far um has just been like my mom's tomato soup that Mm -hmm. You know, when I was little, I would be kind of finicky about it, and you know, I don't love it. And now that I'm an adult, it's like, okay, I see what she was doing, but instead <laughs> of using Campbell's canned tomato soup, which is, I think, maybe what she was really serving us, and just telling us it was <laughs> homemade, it's like you can use real vegetables, and they taste really great. And I think hopefully right. people will appreciate real food. I think so. I mean, hey, there's a place and a time for a soy veggie dog with like fried onion strings and chili cheese. Don't get me wrong, I'm. I'm all about that, but every once in a while, especially when you're with family, I think it is important to show them that it's doable and easy and can be healthy. And honestly, when you're making everything at home from scratch, it's way cheaper too. Absolutely. and I think that's a people's big hurdle with veganism is they just think it's so expensive. Mm -hmm. And it's very doable if you're smart and you plan it out. Yeah, I'm really excited. Next fall, it will be out, so about a year Ooh, from now. Oh, just in time for Christmas of so yes, next year. That's exciting.
1: So where can everybody find you online? You
2: can find me at FettleVegan.com, F-E-T-T-L-E, vegan.com. Fettle means to be fit and healthy, which is kind of the sort of vegans we try and be most mostly. Uh, we have a Twitter and a Pinterest and a Facebook and an Instagram, so you can find us there. And we'll be putting up recipes that we'll be making for the cookbook, so you can get a little sneak peek in the meantime. And you'll probably see me hanging out with Joni more often <laughs> now that we live close to each other. I'm very excited to be hanging out. And with we're both more. self-employed. Yes. So self-employed. that means we have all kinds of free time to watch Supernatural together. <laughs> Woo! Awesome. This is great. <laughs> Thank you so much. Vegan bro!
1: Okay, so this week on my indie band showcase, I am featuring a band called A Bleeding Sky. We're going to take a little trip to the dark side, if you didn't know it already. I was, like, so goth when I was in high school, you know, striped stockings, black hair, witch boots, the whole nine yards. Anyways, A Bleeding Sky is, like, a goth punk band uh, at a long beach. They're pretty awesome, and Sky is, like... The hardest working musician I've ever met. He's so full of energy and excitement and love and life and light um, that it's a little deceiving when you hear this dark goth song but it is really a beautiful song it's a love song and fyi drummer ty is a vegan and she did the walk for farm sanctuary animals last weekend in pasadena so that's really cool so give her a thumbs up follow her on instagram follow these guys on facebook and check out a bleeding sky with seize the throne.
0: I love you. you. I love you you, forever.
1: club. Yep, my husband and I got married at the Compton Hunting and Fishing Club. My grandparents are members of the Compton Hunting and Fishing Club. Dan grew up in a family of hunters and fishermen. It made sense to us. Ever since I was small, I'd been going to that club for fish fries and barbecues and family picnics and Christmas dinners Other family members of mine got married at the Compton Hunting and Fishing Club. So we got married at the Compton Hunting and Fishing Club. Even when I was like in high school, I remember going to events with my grandparents and my mom and being really creeped out by the heads on the wall. And kind of always being not very into the idea of hunting. But that was my family. That was the family I grew up with. So I guess the reason I'm admitting this to you is because I want to talk about how each and every one of us has come to veganism in our own personal way, and the idea of perfection, and the idea of absoluteness, and the idea of cold turkey veganism. Um, I did go cold turkey. I totally like decided, okay, I'm gonna do this, and I kicked it off with a master cleanse, and then when that was over, I went raw for about six months, completely raw vegan for about six months, and then eased back into eating cooked food, but still vegan. I did have a couple of slip-ups in the beginning. I went on a honeymoon after I got married to my husband at the Compton Hunting and Fishing Club. I actually went vegan just a few months before getting married. But we had already planned it at the the fishing club. And then we made sure we had vegan options available for our vegan guests. But we did get married at, at, at the hunting club. And we did serve meat at our wedding. And also vegan and vegetarian options. My husband wasn't even vegetarian at the time. So he had no problems with this. I was aware of what was going on in the world. So I was kind of riding both sides of that fence. So, some people can go vegan overnight. Some people were born vegan, not many of us, but some lucky few were born vegan. Some of us were influenced by our parents. Some of us were influenced by music. I mean, I went vegetarian in high school um, to clarify, I was off and on vegetarian since high school. Um, cause I was influenced by Morrissey. Morrissey didn't eat meat. Meat was murder. So, okay, great. Meat is murder. I'm not going to eat meat either. That sounds totally and completely understandable. I agree. But not everybody comes to it by way of animals. Not every everyone comes to it by way of music. Not everyone comes to it by way of being born. So everybody comes to it in a different way. And I've what I've noticed lately, which which is interesting, because um, I've seen different factions of veganism and plant-based eating over the last few years get into it. But what I've seen most recently which I find completely mind-boggling, is this, like, infighting between ethical vegans about who's not vegan enough, or who's promoting Meatless Mondays, or who's promoting just a reductionist uh, approach instead of an abolitionist approach. So I just wanted to chat a little bit and I'm going to feel a little bit like a politician who changes their vote on the same issue back and forth because I feel like over my last 10 years, I've taken a different, different approaches and a different stance on, on both sides of this issue. In my heart, I'd like to believe I'm an abolitionist and I would love to take that abolitionist approach, but I find that, that a lot of people just really aren't that responsive to it. Um, so I guess what I'm talking about is, how do we get our friends and family to go vegan? Or how do we get our friends and family to stop eating animals and animal products if we come at them at a way that puts them on the offensive, you know, or the defensive, I don't know whichever way that, that works. If you come at them and saying what you're doing is wrong and you need to change, people don't like to hear that they're wrong and we have a hundred different ways to to talk about veganism in a um, in a way that benefits your health in a way that benefits the environment and of course in a way that benefits the animals we have a lot of tools in order to spread that message but i'm concerned that the infighting amongst vegans makes us look a little bit wackadoo and I know I'm not wackadoo, and I know most of the vegans I know are not wackadoo, and I don't think I've actually ever met a wackadoo vegan. Um, but I guess we should stop yelling at each other and stop yelling at at those who show even a slight interest in, you know, animal compassion or the vegan way of life or cutting back because there was some numbers I heard that were released that some 400 million animals' lives were saved in one year because people were eating less meat. Those are real numbers, real numbers. And whether that's because that many more people went completely vegan or because a lot more people adopted a Meatless Monday, regardless, over 400 million animals' lives were saved. So, while well, like I said, I would like to take that abolitionist approach and say go vegan or or nothing at all, why not adopt a meatless Monday? Why not do that? Why not cut back? Why not just reduce, maybe, maybe you're the kind of person, or your family, or your dad, or your uncle is the type of person who eats Three meals a day that contain meat, dairy, and eggs. Why not ask them to eat just one vegan meal a day? That's seven vegan meals a week. Even if they're having bacon and eggs for breakfast and a steak dinner, that's one less meal a day that they're eating with animal products. That's seven meals in a week. That's 28 meals in a month. Don't ask me to do the math because I'm driving. But that's a lot of meals in a year. So, I mean, a reductionist approach, it, it's still saving lives. And I was having a conversation with a friend who said if you get 50 people to adopt Meatless Monday, that's saving more animals than if you get one person to go vegan. If you get 50 people to reduce the amount of meat they're eating that's saving more animals than one person going vegan. So while the ultimate goal is always complete veganism and complete abolition, maybe that reductionist approach makes sense for the animals. And after all, I'm in it for the animals and I wanna see the most reduction as possible. I wanna see the most improvement in the abuse and torture of animals that is my number one goal. So if I can get my mom to do Meatless Monday, if I can get my mom to eat a few vegan meals a week, that's that's way less animals than she was eating before. Does that make sense? So, I don't know. It, it distresses me to see people that are strict abolitionists getting on top of people who are promoting things like Veganuary or Meatless Monday and reduce and reducing the amount of meat people are eating because let's not forget reducing the amount of meat people eat is still saving the lives of animals real lives actual lives of animals and isn't that really the whole point the whole point of being vegan for me is to not hurt the animals And so for me, I'm okay with a reductionist approach. Maybe I'll change my mind tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow I'll be like all vegan or nothing. But as of right now, I feel like a reductionist approach is the most reasonable way to reach the most amount of people and save the most amount of animals. I can't think of a better way to do it. We're talking about how bad for the environment animal agriculture is we're especially susceptible to environmental damage from animal agriculture here in california because of the amount of water it takes and because we are in the middle of a really bad drought but worldwide worldwide animal agriculture causes more environmental damage than all modes of transportation combined that's that's a real that is a real problem that we can change by reducing the amount of animal products that we eat. By absolutely reducing the amount of animal products we eat, we can help change the environment. If every single person in the world reduced the amount of meat that they ate, that would save animals. That would save the lives of animals, real lives, actual animals' lives. And you know, we we I've talked about it before. You know, Cowspiracy is a great movie to recommend for people to see if they want to want to help the environment by going vegan or by reducing the amount of meat they eat because it tracks the uh, adventures of a environmentalist trying to do the best that he could for the planet realizing that his dietary habit was the single most Important impact he could make on the environment even more than riding his bike everywhere and recycling and all of those things. He could reduce his carbon footprint even more and even more easily just by simply adopting a plant based diet. So that's a great movie to have people watch, especially if they claim to be um, interested in the environment or in helping the environment. But I don't think that it has to be all or nothing in the beginning yes the ultimate end goal is completely eliminating animal products from your diet and completely eliminating the use of animals from your life not for entertainment not for your hairspray not for your nail polish not for your cleaning products not for your clothing and definitely not for your food but in order to get there it's going to take a lot of baby steps and if baby steps means Hey, give up meat on Mondays. Hey, why not try vegan taco Tuesdays? Hey, why not go to um, a vegan restaurant when you're going out for date night instead of going to a steakhouse? Those actions, every time you do one of those actions, you're saving the lives of animals and reducing your impact on the environment. So, as of right now, I'm just gonna say this, I believe that for me and my, you know, outreach, my vegan outreach, while I always will say my end goal is to make the world vegan, one taco at a time, until then, I'm happy if you give up meat on Mondays. I'm happy if you give up meat and animal products for one meal of every day. And hopefully, eventually, it'll get easy enough for you to go completely vegan. Um, my husband, I've talked about it before, Dan, he is um he's not vegan, he is vegetarian. He still eats cheese and on some occasions he'll still eat eggs. But he knows he's on his path to veganism. He eats vegan almost exclusively at home and the only time he doesn't eat vegan is when we go out. Not gonna lie, the dude has a soft spot for pizza. So I've always told him, hey man, just go vegan except for your pizza for the most part, he has gone vegan except for pizza and an occasional breakfast burrito. But he knows, and he he even has a bucket list of things he he wants to do before he calls himself a vegan. Because he knows once he calls himself a vegan, there's there's no going back. So right now he just calls himself a vegetarian. But he will eventually go vegan. And I'm not pressuring him. I never pressured him to go vegetarian in the first place. It had to be an ideal and an aha moment that he had for himself because I feel really that if it was me telling him he had to do it, it wouldn't have stuck. But because he came to it himself and he figured it out on his own, it's going to be a lifestyle change for good. It's going to be a permanent change. So maybe use my example as one that you can share with others. Maybe, uh, you know, you have a different approach and I'd love to hear about it, shoot me an email, Joni at JustTheFood.com and tell me your method of communicating veganism to the world or your way of doing outreach, your way of spreading the message and your way of getting people to consume less or go vegan altogether. Because if you guys have a magic like, solution that could go straight from omnivore to vegan overnight, I'd be super stoked to hear about it. So yeah, for sure. Tell me about it, Joni at JustTheFood.com. I will share your your tips for for proselytizing, as it were. Let me know. I'd like to hear it. Till then, I'm going to just uh, continue what I'm doing and sharing stories and spreading uh, recipes out there. Giving people ideas for how to cook without meat, how to cook without dairy, how to cook without eggs, how to eat vegan, how to live vegan, live by example, continue to write books, continue to share recipes on my website, blog, um, Facebook, Instagram, all those things. I'm just going to continue to do what I'm doing for now until I figure out a better way. Hopefully, this doesn't piss off the people on either side of the fence, uh, you know, the abolitionists or the reductionists or the welfareists or, you know, any other faction of this little group we call vegans. So, the overall message is to reduce the suffering, to remove the suffering and to end the suffering of animals and The best way we can do that is not to eat them. And if that means eating less of them, you're still doing something. So, yeah. Eat less animals, save animals' lives, and figure out the next step after that. Take it one step at a time. Vegan Road Hey guys, it's November and today I actually got to wear a sweater because it was like 74 degrees um, here in Southern California but 74 degrees is colder than 92 which means I wore a sweater and I'm officially calling it fall since uh, we don't get many seasons here in SoCal I'm officially calling fall And that means we are in the month of Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays I love Thanksgiving food I would eat stuffing every day for the rest of my life if I thought that was appropriate I love stuffing every year I usually make three different kinds of stuffings and the left if all I have left over after Thanksgiving is stuffing I am the happiest girl in the world maybe some gravy to put on that stuffing and mashed potatoes that's a that's a given that's a given you have to have mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving and you know whatever vegetable sides roasted butternut squash Brussels sprouts all those delicious foods that come along with Thanksgiving so if you're a vegan who loves to cook you love Thanksgiving too. If you're a new vegan or maybe a busy vegan or maybe someone who really doesn't like to cook Thanksgiving is probably freaking you out. Um, I do have some very 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 simple and very easy ways to get you through Your Thanksgiving if cooking is not your thing. Um, Last year I did a post called the one-hour Thanksgiving feast and I will link to that in the show notes. It shows you how to go to the grocery store and buy a lot of the pre-made or uh, ready-to-cook vegan options that are available from places like Gardein, Tofurky, Field Roast, all that have these wonderful turkey analogs or roast analogs center of plate roasts that take the place of the turkey Um, and if you're the type of vegan who loves to cook and wants to spend hours in the kitchen on the day of or the week leading up to Thanksgiving There's some great resources out there. I have a bunch of recipes that I'll link to in the show notes. But right now, a really great option for you is to check out uh, the Vegan Moe's Thanksgiving ebook that has all of their favorite recipes for Thanksgiving with a lot of tips on how to save time how to make the best food for your Thanksgiving feast so don't let Thanksgiving freak you out if you are a vegan or what if this is your very first ever vegan Thanksgiving that's awesome too and don't be afraid of it um if you are a Vegan in a family of non-vegans and you're going to be the only vegan sitting down at the Thanksgiving table I have some tips for you, too It's very simple make some of the sides or get with your family and and give them some tips say maybe they make a um, You know like a roasted marshmallow yam side dish. That's very easy to veganize your family's traditional recipe. Replace the butter with earth balance or coconut oil or um, one of the other vegan butters that are out there and replace the marshmallows with dandies. It's that simple. The rest of your family won't even notice the difference and you'll be able to enjoy the dish as well. Um, If you're not really into cooking and you wanna be able to enjoy Thanksgiving with the rest of your family go to your local Whole Foods or your local health food market or I believe Native Foods also has a Thanksgiving uh, pre-made Thanksgiving dinner that you can just go pick up Um, I know Whole Foods is doing vegan meals for one Um, usually that you can just go pick up a vegan meal for one and bring your own completely separate meal So, check out the show notes. There'll be a ton of different links to all sorts of vegan Thanksgiving options, and you don't have to stress out. This holiday is a time for giving thanks, and what better way to give thanks than to not eat animals. Thanksgiving. Um, also Farm Sanctuary um, every year at this time of year offers the adopt a turkey, so you can adopt a turkey on the Farm Sanctuary website. Um, I personally adopt a turkey every year and I also adopt a turkey for every one of my family members that I know is going to be cooking a turkey. I kind of just send them, uh, hey, you adopted this turkey this year and I send it early in hopes that they might just get buying a turkey that year Um, because the beautiful face of the rescued turkey is right in front of them and it's kind of hard to look a turkey in the face and then buy one and cook it up so that's my tip also go ahead and adopt a turkey from farm sanctuary and send one to your adopt one on behalf of your family members that maybe haven't made that connection yet Um, Thanksgiving is a super fun time Thanksgiving should be not stressful and I know so many people that get together with their family and have a miserable time because of whatever reason my biggest you know thing that I've had to deal with at Thanksgiving on my dad's side of the family is simply that my dad just won't give up the meat so he didn't want to participate last year um, with a vegan Thanksgiving, so I threw my own at my own house. And um, my my um, family members that did want to participate in a turkey-free Thanksgiving joined me, as well as some other uh, friends, and we had a beautiful and wonderful vegan Thanksgiving. And not one complaint about the food. Everybody gobbled up their delicious plates full of food, went back for seconds. Um, so you know, just one day out of the year giving up animal products your family can make um, a huge statement by supporting you that way and it's pretty it's pretty um, it's pretty meaningful to have a Thanksgiving that is completely cruelty free Um, if you or your family are the type of family that absolutely has to have a bird in the center of the table. There are a couple of options for that too. I can't remember the name of the company but I promise to put in the show notes. There is a company that makes a whole vegan turkey and it is a, I think it's a soy based turkey like substance that's molded into the shape of a bird it's a clean product Um, it has you know no artificial ingredients in it Um, and it is in the shape of a turkey uh, cooked turkey so if that's you know what your family is going to be worried about not having a actual turkey in the center of the table you can make that happen as a vegan and this little thing is the funniest thing you, you <laughs> we bought one one year just for fun and um, we actually ended up serving it at a Christmas dinner that I was having with my mom's side of the family and we brought our own turkey to bring to the table and it was the cutest thing it's like the size of a I don't know it's probably about five pounds all together um once you put the stuffing in and everything and it's got little legs and it's got a hole in the where the butt would be so that you can put stuffing inside of it and then you can rub the whole thing down with vegan butter and throw it in the oven um it comes with a glaze as well so that you can get a nice roasted color um stuff it full of stuffing and then cook it and it's delicious um I've made it before it's it's delicious it has a, a great texture and um, it actually ended up tasting a lot better than I expected it to so don't feel like just because you're not a king or queen in the kitchen that you can't make an amazing Thanksgiving meal that's completely animal free Thanksgiving is a great time Thanksgiving should be a time that you have to think back upon the year, to give thanks for those around you, to give thanks for your loved ones, whether that be your family, your friends, or, you know, your children or your parents or your adopted family of friends. Um, I say if your family gives you a hard time at Thanksgiving, screw them, go spend it with your friends. Uh, Be with people that you really care about and that really care about you, not that you don't necessarily care about your family, but sometimes it's just nice to have a break from from people that give you stress especially on a day like Thanksgiving so if you feel like your family's gonna be stressing you out spend a day without them go spend Thanksgiving with a bunch of other vegans I know that they're all across this country there's gonna be vegan um, Thanksgiving celebrations that you can join in on Um, call me if you have to, you can find my phone number. I'm easily Googleable. Uh, call me if you have a question about Thanksgiving, and I would be more than happy to to help you out. With with planning your your menu on whatever budget you have and whatever you know skill set you have whether your skill set is pushing start on a microwave or you want to get down and dirty and make a seitan roast from scratch it's so doable and you will have a wonderful feeling inside knowing that no animals will harmed in your Thanksgiving feast so happy Thanksgiving everybody welcome to November welcome to fall. And, um, finally feeling that it's cool enough to enjoy some of all this pumpkin goodness. So, I'm really looking forward to the cooler weather. Happy Thanksgiving! Vegan road Well, that's it for today, guys. I just want to remind you, you can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on Instagram. Please follow me on Instagram at... Joni Marie Newman. Also, I just added a new tab to my website with services offered listed, so check it out. Um, I am now offering restaurant consulting, recipe development, copywriting, um, promotional materials, and all sorts of other services, so check out justthefood.com and click on the services offered tab thanks so much. I hope you have a wonderful and lovely Thanksgiving. Tune in next time where I give you my uh, meaningful gift list for holidays. All right, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. You've been listening to Vegan Road Rants with Joni Marine Newman. To find out more about me and veganism, head on over to my website, justthefood.com. Click on the podcast tab to find show notes and links to all the stories we talked about in today's episode. You can follow me on Twitter at Newman. like me on Facebook, facebook.com slash joni cooks vegan extra special thanks to mr michael Semino for providing the amazing theme song and sound bites for this podcast as well as to scott mcclymans for providing the amazing artwork remember it is never okay to murder or torture another living being just for a tasty supper